First of all, I just want to say I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I've always wanted to come to Australia. This is such an incredible opportunity for me. I want to say thank you to the National Gallery of Victoria and the Guggenheim Museum for including me in this truly amazing show. This is uh, really one of the highlights of my young career so far. So, um, right. So I, I brought two bodies of work. I think I brought too many slides, so we'll see how far I, I get through all of them. Um, tree planting, which is the work that I have up here in the show, and um, the Galapagos Project, which is my more recent body of work. Um, so I guess before I begin, I'll tell you a little bit about tree planting. Um, it's kind of a rite of Canadian... It's, 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 it's a rite of passage for a lot of Canadian kids. It's a great way to pay um, for school or for travel or just to be a bum for the rest of the year. I did it myself for three years. I'm definitely retired now. It's... Uh, too old, my knees given out on me. But um, it's the hardest job I've ever done. It's, uh, you, you, go, you, you camp out for roughly two months. There's um, maybe 30 to 60 people in a camp. Um, you, you work rain or shine. You're always fighting something, whether it's the heat or the rain or the bugs. There's about 10 different kind of bugs that are always tackling you at every moment. Um, and, your, and your own energy levels. Um, it's, uh, that's, that's probably the most difficult part about the job. Is You'll finally have a day where it's, it's, it's cool out, there's no bugs, there's a nice breeze, but you're just tired and you just can't do it. Um, you are getting paid, uh, depending on the contract. Um, where I worked, it was a pretty good contract, it was about 10 cents a tree. So we called it picking up dimes. Um, just walked around picking up dimes all day. The high ballers uh, made $500 a day. I was not a high baller. I made around between two and three hundred dollars a day. Um, so, I think it's important to say that I I went tree planting first, uh, and then um, and then decided to make art about it later, and went and went back for my second and third times, which with the intention of making art. Um, the work was made between two thousand and two and two thousand and five. I'm shaking so badly right now. Can you hear my voice? <laughs> Oh, um, 2002 and 2005, um, most of it was uh, made while I was a student at Yale University. Um, and so I guess I'll just uh, I'll start with the slides. So what I, what I do with my art practice is um, there's two parts to it. The first part is I, 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 I'm out there doing the work. I'm working just as hard alongside everyone else, and I, I bring my cameras um, I work with three different cameras. This picture here is a 35 millimeter. It's the only one. I think 35 is the hardest one for me to work with anyway. A two and a quarter and a four by five. And depending on my energy level that day or whether it was raining or, uh, or how, how long we had to hike into work, that, that's how I decided what camera to bring. So mostly I brought the two and a quarter, just square format camera. I'll talk more about that later. Um, so I go and I, I just I document, I document the event. And then the... The other half of what I do is, um, because tree planting only goes for two months of the year, um, and uh, so the, the rest of the year I go into my studio and I build these little tree planting dolls, uh, and I build these tree planting uh, um, tabletop dioramas, and I sometimes use a fog machine or some fancy effects, and I take a picture of it, and I, I mix them all together. There's, this show there was around 64 pictures, I think, um, so I mix them all together and I, I throw them up on a wall, kind of uh, in a like screwed-up salon style. Um, the reason why I do this is because um, 
when you when you put yourself through something that's so um, physically, emotionally, and mentally challenging, um, you you keep learning and growing from it long after the the actual event is done. So um, the the photographs of the real or the more documentary style photographs ground it in reality. Um, you know this this actually happened. We actually got that dirty. We worked our fingers to the bone. You know, if, if I made, if I made a, a doll of this, it wouldn't have that, that gripping reel. I mean, for the first two weeks, your hands, because you're, you're diving your hand into the ground, some people, 5,000 times a day. And, uh, and so it, 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 rips, it rips your skin off. You have to wear duct tape around. Your fingernails will fall off. Um, so if I made a doll of it, it, it would look kind of cute and sweet. And, and so having a f- photograph of, of a real person and their real hands really, you know, mauled up, um, it has more power. Uh, so it grounds it in reality. So, um, and then I, I take uh, portraits, um, details, um, you know, evidence of what it does to the body, landscapes, uh, you know, because what I'm trying to do is, is illustrate my experience as, as best as I possibly can. But for me, anyway, how I, how I photograph um, straight documentary pictures only take you so far. It only shows you what something looks like. It only shows you the surface of it. Um, like this one, for example, is, um, it's, it's very illustrational. There's the, uh, the guy in the white um, is, is a crusty old vet. He's been planting for seven years, and he looks tough and hardened. And then the guy in the white is... It was his first year rookie, trying to look tough, but still too, too skinny and meek. And then you can see the planting bags. This is what we wear clipped around our waist um, with these, uh, the, the seedlings inside. So, um, you know, just very descriptive, descriptive, just trying to show you what, what it looks like. Um, and then this is, um, there's, there's certain elements or, or certain uh, um, experiences that you go through out there that that I feel are, are really important um, to describe in the experience, like the breakdown. It doesn't matter if you've been planting for 10 years or two weeks, everybody has a breakdown sooner or later on the block. And when you do, it's massive and deep and like earth-shaking. And you do it because there's no one around. And you can scream and take your shovel and smash things and, and just like fall down on your knees and sob and... No one's going to do that in front of me if I'm standing there with the camera. And really, if they did anyway, I wouldn't be able to take a picture of them. I'd feel too bad. So this is as close as I could get uh, to taking a picture of someone who he'd, he'd just had a breakdown. He was having a very bad day. Um, so if I want to include this experience, I have to build a doll whose sole purpose is to illustrate and express, um, you know, just dropping to your knees and... Why me, Lord? Um, another um, very real, horrible experience is getting lost. Because um, sometimes you have to... Uh, it's, it's a two-hour walk into work. And, uh, and, and so you, you, it's winding roads and paths. And you think, if I just cut through this section of the forest, I'll think the road is on the other side. And, um, and you get turned around, and it's terrifying being lost in a forest and uh, even if I had my camera the last thing that you would think to do is take a damn picture of yourself if you're freaking out in the woods so um, <laughs> once again if I want to include this uh, this experience I have to build a doll of it um, another reason why I build the sets is um, 
We sometimes take helicopters on the way into work, and so you get this really uh, different view of, of the ground. And um, a lot of times what they do is they'll leave, it's called a buffer zone, on either side of the road, like 100 meters of trees on either side, so you're driving through, and you're like, my God, this is a beautiful scenery. we got trees to burn. Go ahead, cut them down. Um, but then if you, you, know, you walk past, it's just a clear cut of, as far as the eye can see. Um, this is uh, another um, I, a specific idea that I wanted to get across. I, I suppose I could have had someone act it out and had a fancy underwater camera and fancy lighting equipment. But um, then, then you get into this whole problem of acting for the camera. Um, and I've, I've found that my dolls are better actors than actual people. Um, so, uh, so this is uh, you know, a, a specific idea that I'm trying to get across where um, she, she's like swimming through and she's having this like, you know, moment where she's totally connecting with nature. She's skinny dipping, it's all beautiful, but she's about to step on a broken bottle. And uh, so it doesn't matter how far out you think you are, chances are if it's unknown waters, you better wear your aqua slippers. A lot of thought um, goes into cheap and quick and easy. Um, like I said, a lot of this work was done while I was a grad student. And um, so you're working at a very small uh, I think we had like five weeks between crits. So um, this, for example, is it's like pink packing foam. I used to work as a scenic artist in theater and film, and uh, and so I'm really um, one one of the things that I'm interested in is um, is how 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 cheaply um, how how I can get materials to transform through the act of taking the picture through the lens. Um, so this is pink packing foam painted gray. Uh, the, the clouds in the foreground, it's, it's just cotton balls, and uh, it's, it's about a seven-second-long exposure, and I just blew on the cotton while the shutter was open, so it blurted out. Um, great fun. <laughs> I'm such a geek. Um, so this is um, how I figured out to put these everything together. While I was in grad school, um, I, was, uh, I was building... I was interested in just, you know, these grand themes of um, searching for, you know, a, a sublime experience or, or a moment of purity between man and nature and what does that mean and what do you do when you get it? And, um, and so to do this, I was, I was building these sets and I was showing them on one, one, one side of the uh, gallery space where we had our crits. And then on the other side, I was um, traveling around to um, these uh, like family camp sites in, in Connecticut and, and, showing, and showing that. So I was, I, was, you know, I was keeping them very separate, the, the documentary work on one side and then the pictures of the dioramas on the other side. And um, just exhausting myself working in these, you know, it was all about the same stuff, but there's two very different ways of, of thinking about photography. Um, I guess uh, in, in photography, there's this, I'm being very general right now, but there's sort of two camps of thought. There's the purists, who believe that um, photography is a, represent, a rep representation of life. And it's, it's a window um, that allows you to see the world through the photographer's eyes, plain and simple. And then there's the more conceptual school that believes 
that um, you know what's uh, they come up with an idea first and and create it and then they just use photography as a as a way to get get their idea across. And um, I, being your typical Canadian diplomat, um, I agree with both camps. <laughs> I I've never been good at um, you know taking a stance and. and Picking one or the other, so the whole time I was in school, I was working these two really, you know, very different ways, and just totally confused about everything, and trying to, you know, pick a team. And in my second year, um, between my first and second years, I, I went back out tree planting, and and took. It was the first time that I went out there taking pictures with the purpose of making art out there, and so I brought them back, and and it, it, something was clicking. It it all seemed to, you know, there was a. a, a a, a bridge that started to fill in the gaps, but I was still keeping them separate. And um, so my second year, uh, one, of my, one of my professors, I think it was Gregory Crutzen, actually, um, he said, you know, you've got thesis coming up, you're working in these two totally different ways, it's weird, you have to just, you're exhausting yourself, just pick one and stick with it, take a stance and stick with it. You can always change it after, it doesn't matter, just pick something and do it. And... Um, so I had all of my pictures out on a table, and I'm like, you're so right, I have to pick something. This is shuffling around, and three pictures floated to the top, these three here. And the first two are you know, more documentary, straight photographs, and the third one is a set that I built. And I was looking at them, and there was this great narrative that started to play out. And, and, and I, I, I asked myself, well, what, you know, what, is, what is fact and what is fiction anyway? Because... Some of the documentary pictures are totally set up. She wasn't really sleeping. You know, I asked her, well, she'd been sleeping earlier that day, and I asked her to, like, put her head down. So is that real? And then, and then the, the, the sets that I build are, are based on very real experiences or very, you know, real um, ideas or emotions that I'm trying to describe. So maybe could I, you know... So for my next crit, I put them all up on the wall, and, and it worked. It clicked, so... Um, so I guess um, those are like the major that's all the major stuff so I'm just going to like flip through the rest and, and tell you about each individual picture sort of as I go um, oh I should say they're, um, the, the dolls are made out of Sculpey which is a craft store item like I said cheap and easy minimal cleanup um, and they range from about like d- depending on how, uh, on how deep the scene is this, this guy here is about that big. Sometimes they get tiny if I want them far off in the distance. So the biggest ones are about like that. So this guy has found paradise. He's found like that perfect untouched spot. And now what? What do you do with it once you got it? <laughs> this is, um, I'm on this quest. It still hasn't stopped of trying to find a way to describe the true hell of the bugs. I, um, I'm, from, I'm from Winnipeg, and we have very mosquito-y summers, and I'm totally allergic. I got bites on my legs from like over a week ago. They're still there. They're itching me right now. Out there, you've got mosquitoes, black flies, deer flies, horse flies, sand flies. And they get in the weirdest places, and oh, it's just... Anyway, this one, this picture, kind of, it shows every every sort of move you make while you're out there tree planting. It's very monotonous, very boring, very boring, very hard work. Um, and if you, can, if, if you can get into that 
the zone, we call it, where you're not thinking about what you're doing and you're just you're going, um, then it's the day's over like that and that's a good day. But most of the time it doesn't, it doesn't happen. This is actually called, um, when we're closing out a block, uh, everyone usually gets their own individual piece unless you want to plant in pairs because sometimes you get lonely and depressed and so then they double you up to... To, to, to try and, and, and solve it. But at, at the end, at, when they're closing out a block, everyone gets thrown in together. It's called a clusterfuck. So <laughs> that's a clusterfuck. So that, that's a picture of my dolls working. And then this is a picture of real people working. So it's, I'm tripping all the time. And it's, sometimes it's, they didn't, uh, sometimes... They cleared the land maybe five years ago, and you're planting in bushes up to here, and you can't see your last tree, and it's a nightmare. But this is um, two dudes hiking around at night. This is the drying tent. Sometimes it rains for days and days on end, and so they have a this drying tent with a propane heater, and you dry your clothes. And so this is so freezing cold outside. I mean. Propane heaters, you don't want to breathe it in for too long, but sometimes it's so cold, you just, <gasps> you just go in and warm up for as long as you can, and then you get all dizzy. And... <laughs> um, another uh, thing that I'm interested in is um, I have this, I thought Yale would have beaten it out of me, but it didn't. I have this um, kind of embarrassing love for really cheesy nature photography. And because, um, I mean, when you're there, experiencing this, you know, epic sunset. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen one, it's still the most beautiful thing ever, and it's awe-inspiring, and it makes you feel beautiful, and you're soaking it up. And how do you take a picture of that in a way, you know, how, how do you write a poem about a rose without it being cheesy and, and done? Like, how, how, do you, how do you take a picture of a sunset in a, in a new way that shows it in a new light? So maybe if I build it, maybe I can get away with it. Uh, here's another me trying to get away with some cheesy nature photography of some pretty flowers. Not a very good picture on its own, but maybe if I bump it up to another picture that's not that good on its own. <laughs> this is, uh, she's, um, you know when you touch a butterfly wing, it can't fly anymore, so... It's getting too close or loving nature too much. Um, some of my uh, straight pictures start to look like... It's funny because this it does not look like a set at all. But so many people, when you, when you see it all up um, together, you start second-guessing what's, what's real and what's not. And so this is one that a lot of people come to me and they're like, is that one? Is that a set? Like, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> This is, um, this is some, sometimes I build sets um, from photographs that um, I took and screwed up or, you know, mit, I was like off by half a second or, um, so th this was a, a photograph that I took that just wasn't that interesting as a photograph, but I thought maybe if I rebuilt it that it would, it would hold. This is um, these ridiculous morning meetings. They'd wake us up a half an hour. We're already waking up. 5, 5.30 in the morning. They wake us up a half an hour early to, you know, keep us posted on, on, on what the next month is going to look like. It's a really stupid waste of time, and everyone is always very bored and half asleep. This is uh, 
once again, me trying to find a way to show the hell of the bugs, which I, I still haven't done. I think, I mean, how I, how I use the camera anyway, just romanticizes everything and makes it look all glossy and beautiful. How bugs killed on the front of a car can like look all romanticized and beautiful. I don't know, but I'm still working on it. This one, I'm very proud of. This took a very long time for me to figure out um, how I did this one was is just a black piece of cardboard with a bunch of holes punched in and lights back, like shining through. Uh, and then to get the fire, um, so, so the shot had to be like 20 minutes long because I, I really I wanted the, the, the lights glowing through the holes. Um, so it was a 20-minute long exposure. And uh, so to, to get the fire just right, I had, I had some cotton and then I would, I'd light a match, and I would hide the match from the camera, because if I just went through like this, it would register. So I hid, and then I lit it. Because if it's a 20-minute tw- long exposure, you can walk through the frame a few times, and you won't register if you do it fast enough. So I'd do it from one side, and then I'd sneak to the other side, and then I'd do it again. And it took me forever to figure out like, the right amount, the right combination, so... Tree planting love <laughs> always ends in trouble. <laughs> so cheesy. Uh, I'm I am I am so cheesy. This was a, this was a real photo, photograph, but it just didn't. I mean, it was just ridiculous as a photograph. If I I build it, it's even more ridiculous, but it's so ridiculous that it's, you know, art. (laughs) This is a funny story. Uh, The guy leaning his head into the car was my ex-boyfriend. He was my boyfriend at the time. Now ex-boyfriend. Notice a little bit of foreshadowing. I cut off his head. (laughs) And then see the guy, that blue figure in the reflected in the mirror there? That's my new boyfriend. (laughs) Actually, we just broke up. Anyway. This is another one of those aerial views. Uh, Looking down at the chopper, this is how they they prep the land. They they drag chains through it. And it makes planting a lot easier because then you, you, you you follow the ditch. Um, and planting itself, like the actual act of planting is, um, uh, it's really, because it's so, because it's so boring and, and thoughtless, you can really, you know, fall back, like I said, the zone, you can fall back into your head and it's kind of this, like, can be as meditative on a good day. It can be a, a, you know, very meditative thing. And from, from way up above, it, it kind of looks like a Japanese garden, which is ridiculous because it's, I mean... It's a totally devastated section of, of land. So, um, that's tree planting. How am I doing for time? Am I okay? Um, so, the next body of work I'm going to show you is called the Galapagos Project. Um, I have five minutes. <laughs> I'm going to go through this so fast. Okay. Um, just, uh, you'll just have to stop me because I, I can't talk out of it. Okay, so um, tree planting project. I, I, I thought that I was making work about the experience while I was experiencing it, but in actual fact, looking back on it, 
you know, years after I'd done the project, I realized that I was actually making work about my memories of my first year there when I wasn't making work about it. Because um, if I had been making work about, you know, like in the moment, it, it would have been, uh, there would have been a lot more misery, I think, because, um, um, you know, memory has this great way of, of glossing over everything and, and making those, you know, those really hard times, great stories. And, uh, and so with the Galapagos project, I was, it, it was an idea first that I came up with to make art about a very different way of working. And I didn't realize how different and tricky it was until about halfway through. I think a lot of artists, um, uh, go through this, they, you know, they're lit, they start making work about their life. And then once, once you become self-aware and aware of your art practice, how do, you, how do you do that again? How do you just experience something without thinking, maybe this can be an art project? Because it, it ruins it. It's just, maybe not ruins it. It just makes it very different. So this is called the Galapagos Project because um, it really was a project from the very beginning and, and uh, sort of hard to... Re- Different, different, different uh, navigating through it, I guess. So I came up with this idea um, because I was, I was uh, graduating from Yale and I needed to, I needed to go on a vacation. Uh, I needed to, to do something for someone other than myself because grad school was a very selfish, selfish point in my life. And, uh, and I needed to make art. So I came up with this idea of going on a volunteer vacation, which seemed to um, you know, uh, continue certain themes that I was interested in. Like, um, you know, a search for sublime experience. Uh, I wanted to do something that was, because tree planting were getting paid, and so I wanted to do something that was uh, more, you know, uh, more giving, I guess, or, you know, volunteer work. Um, and uh, and so, so I went out there with all of my cameras and was, and, and, and uh, took pictures and then came back and made these, made these sets. So this, this woman, she's, you know, she's, she's finally found this, you know, she's really connecting and, uh, the birds don't care because they're birds. And, uh, and she's not, not, even though she's tired and I think she's been there for, you know, at least a few hours, she's not willing to, to like throw them off and, and disconnect. Um, even though it's probably going to kill her. For this project, um, I, I thought I'd shake things up a bit and I, 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 um, showed some sculpture and some paintings. I have to close it up now. I do, don't I? Okay, I'll, show, I'll just show the sculptures and the paintings. I'm not going to show you the photographs. So this is um, the house that I built um, based on memory uh, that, that we stayed in um, on the reserve in the Galapagos. And uh, so let me see. That's the back. Um, there's a little detail. So... When I built it, I, I didn't know if it would be able to hold its own as a sculpture piece. I thought, worst case scenario, I'll just I'll take pictures of it and then show those. But um, I, think it, I think it worked. And then some paintings, still trying to figure out the whole bug thing. It's, I still romanticized it. <laughs> um, so I made some paintings. This, this project, because, as I said, it was more uh, difficult to, to navigate for me because was, it wasn't about... M- the memory of something—it was about like you know the here, the now, the actual experience. So it was much more complicated. So to to try and uh, and and express that complication, I I used sculpture and and painting and and 
and photographs. So um, if tree planting, in tree, with tree planting, I showed, um, this, this is at the, uh, at the Julie Saul Gallery. I showed the tree planting project there too. And the, it, because it was 64 images, it didn't fit on, all, uh, on one wall, and I didn't want to break it up onto three, onto three separate walls or four separate walls because then it, you know, each wall would sort of be its own installation. And I, it's all about every picture equaling up to this you know, one great experience. So I built curves into the corners and just pinned them up. So it was this you know, uh, flowing wall of images. So if tree, the tree planting project was about curves, and you know everything equaling up to one great experience. This project was about corners, and and, and so I, I tried to complicate the space, and um, so I had walls built in, and I, 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 like there's that picture in the in the tree picture, the black and white one there that I like bent and put in the corner, and uh, and just like worked around. I didn't want you to see everything in, at one time. Um, this picture, there was also. Um, a lot of uh, difficult group dynamics to because there was people coming and going all the time and and uh, so you get like you know two like alpha females two redheads were <laughs> going at it so um, I cut it in half and then I <laughs> put them in the corner so I don't know who's gonna win what happens when doppelgangers meet one must die um, oh there's that tree picture. Which, I mean, it's, you know, it's a beautiful picture of a tree, but it's still just a picture of a tree. So maybe if I fold it and put it, it actually ended up, I, I didn't know how it would look. I just kind of did it on a whim. I folded it and put it in the corner, and it actually did this, like, weird sort of sculptural thing where you could, like, walk into it and move from side to side, and it, um, yeah. <laughs> so, and now we're just into the, the photographs. And the, the photographs are actually quite similar to the tree planting Thing. Um, you know, there's pictures that real journeys that we went on, crossing a waterfall, and then, um, you know, this is they ate too much passion fruit, <laughs> and now they're sick. This is, you know, there's this tension between what it really looks like, what it what it's really like there, and what you really want it to be like. <laughs> I wanted that so bad. So it's really, I mean, it's an exotic, it's, it's a very, ex- parts of it are very exotic and beautiful and untouched, and then parts of it are done. But, I mean, you can't beat swimming with sea lions. You cannot be beat. They play with you. They're like the cats, kittens of the sea. And then, so yeah, so there's this tension between what they're trying. You know, on, on the reserve, um, they're trying to educate, and they're, they're trying to restore... Um, a section of this one island in the Galapagos anyway. So there's this tension between what they're trying to do and but they're still bringing in all this tourism and it's such a, it's such a tricky place because if there wasn't the tourism um, it would be given over to fishing and farming and it would be completely devastated that way. So, but the, all the tourism is, is uh, causing loads of problems too. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to solve it. I should probably wrap it up. Okay, anyway, there's like a million more slides, but I'm done. Thank you very, very much. (laughs) 